It's the Rotten Retro Time Machine! Whatever, mate. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to part two of the greatest story ever told. <laughs> 1977. 1977 in the Rotten Retro Time Machine. The whole reason why we do the the golden um, list is is that uh, related to when Danny Baker and it, actually it's it's related to this year, of course, isn't it? Because yes, Mark, yes. Bo- Mark Boland died this year. This yes. was the year. This was the year when Gordon happened. When it won't um, be on Stu's list though. He'll have missed that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's so right it's, there. Yeah. He's right there. So. Yeah, so we, you know we've got the Danny Baker story of his dad saying, "Oh, that that fella you like, that singer you like, Golden is is the reason we do the Golden list." Sort of similar thing happened with Elvis because I can remember when I was at home when we, when the news came on and he said he died, and I was at home with my dad, and my mother had, had uh, I think my mother had taken my nan out for a game of bingo up the club nearby. No, no, we're going to bingo. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she, they got home and my mother came in and my, my dad just went, your heart throbs dead. And that's it. It's <laughs> 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 like, my, like my mother was, at, you know, was a really, really big Elvis fan. And she was oh, just like, I thought you were, I thought <laughs> you were, she was going to say what Elvis and she was going to and your dad was going to say no Mark Boland <laughs> or no Bing Crosby because he's Boland as well in fact, in fact there's a link between there's a link between Bing Crosby and Mark Boland dying what is it Mark David Bowie David Bowie David Bowie I finished him off <laughs> he did pum, 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 pum. <laughs> is that is that the great joke about um you know Mark Bowling recorded a a, a, a a duet with Bowie two weeks later he was dead being Crosby duet, did a duet with Bowie two weeks later he was dead and that explains why Mick Jagger was dancing like he was in the Dancing in the Street video <laughs> he wasn't dancing he was just shitting himself <laughs> so yeah uh, so Bing Crosby gone apparently his last words were he died on the golf course his last words were. That's a great. That was a great game of golf, fellas, and then just dropped dead there, there and there. In fact, yeah, forget dying on the toilet. That sounds better. That, that sounds that's good, doesn't it? Go, isn't yeah, it? That's an upgrade. That sounds good. Uh, right, a proper. Hang on, hang on though. Was Mark Bolan who's driving a very nice yellow mini? <sighs> well, he was being driven in a nice yellow mini, wasn't he? Was because, he? Because yeah. his girlfriend, Even uh, Gloria, Gloria Jones, was driving it, and she actually did the original version of um, Tainted Love. Well, that wasn't how I expected that story to end. I thought you, you were going to say, actually, she lost control of the car yes, and it collided did. with the tree. No. Actually, second. Right, next, gone. John Ottaway's nuts. Gone. Ooh, <laughs> silence, silence. What? That clip from the old Grey Whistle test where the singer... John Ottaway is really getting into the song and he decides to jump on top of one of the amps. Yeah, and as he ju- yeah you remember now? And as he yeah, jumps on it, yeah. as he jumps on it, his legs, the amp tips over to its right and he just falls, legs are apart, nuts first onto the corner of the amp. Yes, I've seen that. John Ottaway's nuts. Yeah. Gone. In fact, <laughs> for anyone. For, for anyone. 
but not but not forgotten. Uh, I will put that on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, yeah. The moment John Ottaway's nuts died. See, he's always in Leicester, isn't he? Is he? That's, yeah, he's at that stage of his it. career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's massive. He's massive in Leicester. He, he's he's never not in Leicester. If you if you walk around Leicester, there's always a John Ottaway poster. He's got a very big following in Beaumont Lees. Yeah. Who was it? One of you two explained the flipping grey whistle test theory to me the other week. Wasn't me. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you should repeat it, Gary. It's one of the me- more memorable things you've said ever, <laughs> ever. You could, it was so memorable, you couldn't remember whether I'd said it or not. Well, yeah. yeah. I, was, I did think it was you. So, <laughs> it's the sort of thing you want to come out with. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Very, very useful information in that the the old grey whistle test got its name from... Can't, can't you do it like whispering Bob Harris? No. Hi. Hi. Gary Morby. The old grey whistle test got its name from the uh, the Brill building, which was a building in America where all the I'm not gonna do this. Where oh, all the, come on. He's, he's the, old, it. the old those the old famous <coughs> songwriters before they were famous used to work. So they go in like a, a nine to five job. So Neil Diamond and uh, Neil Sadaka and Carol King and, and those kind of um, songwriters, really great Did songwriters. Dolly do nine to five. Them. would uh, would go into this building and write songs for other people and um one of the ways they knew they got a good song was they'd play it to the caretakers who were the the old the old greys as they used to call them because of the you know their gray hair and the gray um overalls um and if the next day these old greys were whistling the songs that they'd heard the day before they knew they'd got a hit and it had passed the old grey whistle test. Ah. And that's, that's the story. Not that interesting, but a little fact. Not that interesting, you. unless you're a cleaner now, who uh, every time you hear, every time he or she hears Sweet Caroline thinks, hang on a minute, <laughs> where's my <laughs> cut? I whistled that before they'd even pressed it. <laughs> that's my song, that is. Yeah. I added a bit of baritone to that. <laughs> I made it my own. Yeah, exactly. Right, next, gone. Charlie Chaplin, gone. Oh, that's a big gone, that is. What was his real name? Charles Chaplin. Charles Chaplin. Was Charles it? Chaplin. it was, born born, in, born it in the was, east end of London into abject poverty, wasn't he? In Victorian London. Uh, his his mother was uh, had, had a lot of mental health issues and he basically... Just uh, had a pretty miserable start to life as a kid, and that's why he ended up uh, going to America, wasn't it? To try and find uh, his fortune. I, I don't. I, to be honest, he's one of those people I don't know, don't know anything about, um, other than when we were looking. I was doing this. I noticed he died on Christmas Day in ni- 1977. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was. It was his name. He was. He was Charles Chaplin. I don't know about you, but I, I, when I was younger, I I could always appreciate. That it was really clever, but I never really liked it. But as I've got older, I, I, you can just see the absolute genius in it, personally. Yeah, I think, but, you know, I mean, yeah. that, that scene in The Great Dictator when he gets hit on the head and goes staggering off up the street and back. I mean, that's, that's pure ballet, isn't it? I mean, it's just genius. The conveyor belt scene yeah. in modern times, 
you know. I think like that it's the stuff of social commentary really that you don't appreciate when you're young. You just see a man falling over or yeah, twizzling a stick. But like you know, when you get old, get it's getting a bit late. Show review in it. This but <laughs> <laughs> he's really, really making a statement on the uh, social uh, issues of the social, day. On the issues. But well, I mean, well, the, I mean that speech in the Great Dictator is yeah. incredible. Yeah, you it know, is. Absolutely, but that scene where he's laid in the same film, where he's laid with the the world, which is that the, the the inflatable balloon, and he's just bouncing it, laid sort of pushing up and down like he's got the world in his hands, kind of thing. It's very good, very good. Uh, did you know though that just a few months after his death, two robbers dug his coffin up and stole him from a Swiss cemetery? Ah, this is a story. Now, guys, taking us forty minutes. This is <laughs> this will be in the middle of episode two for those who survived episode one. <laughs> well done to you all, stout, stout, stout people. Yeah. So apparently, um, it was he was buried in a Swiss cemetery, and two robbers stole his coffin and sent his wife a six hundred thousand dollar ransom. Now, bear, I know this was 1977, but surely if you've gone to the trouble of nicking Charlie Chaplin's body, to then only ask for just over half a million dollars seems somewhat unimaginative, doesn't it? I don't it know. Or, not, or not realistic. Really. Not me as well. When you when you <laughs> kidnap someone, the threat is is give us the money or we're going to kill them. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I think they've overegged it. Yeah. It, you reckon? Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing there. Like, <laughs> that's what the police end up telling you. What are you going to do? Kill him? <laughs> we'll send a finger back every week if we don't send. <laughs> yeah, now do a wrist. Penny. We'll get him back eventually and you can cremate him. <laughs> or we can just add him to that pile of 800 bodies that hasn't been buried yet. Yeah, exactly. They're up in London. <laughs> add him to the list. <laughs> get him in there. So apparently, when, when, hang on a second, when they, um, she, she refused to pay it, they then threatened her kids, which she then just again just brushed off, basically. And in the end, they were they were caught, and the coffin was recovered, and he was reburied in a theft-proof concrete vault. I was going to say a thespian cemetery. <laughs> a thespian cemetery. Yeah. 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 Digging up a coffin. Digging up a coffin. I, I wonder though, how much money did the uh, Charlie Chaplin estate have though it, wasn't he it always this thing that they never really made that much money back then and the production companies ran off with it all well I don't know because, because, but the, 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 apparently the reason she did, did, turned it down and said no I'm not paying it was that she said he would have said that those demands were ridiculous and wouldn't do it so apparently when the calls kept coming in the, the police monitored 200 phone kiosks they basically put a what police officers watching 200 phone kiosks in the region, in the area. So this is a, it, I mean, this is a good story, isn't it? Like, it's a belter, isn't it? The hunt, the hunt for Charlie Chaplin's. So there's a five-week investigation, and in the end, police arrested two auto mechanics, Roman Wardos from Poland and Gantsio Ganev from Bulgaria. So and, and this all took place in Hollywood. No, in Switzerland. Switzerland. Switzerland, sorry, yeah, you did Switzerland. Say. So, 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 and apparently they ended up 
confessing and then taking them to where the body was. They'd buried him in a cornfield about a mile from Chaplin's house. This is a Netflix 10 series drama, isn't it? This is, this is, so say, political refugees from Eastern Europe. The pair of them apparently stole Chaplin's co- uh, body in an attempt to solve their financial difficulties. Uh, they were sentenced to four and a half years hard labour. To be fair, in communist Bulgaria and Poland, $600,000 would have gone a long way. They would have been set. set. Oh, hang on. So one of them got, sorry, I've misread that. One of them got a four and a half year sentence to hard labour. The other one was given an 18 month suspended sentence. (laughs) The other one was given a knighthood. (laughs) (laughs) Freedom of the city of Krakow. Was given a role in Harold Lloyd's next film. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Mr. Arbuckle said. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Charlie Chaplin, his coffin, he got lifted, but then got found again. Here's, here's a little crime and punishment um, story from 1977. Does the name Hamida Jandubi mean anything to you? Not normally, no. No, I didn't think it would, because he was a a Tunisian immigrant in France and he was the last person to be executed in France by guillotine. Ooh. In 1977. That felt like a clean chop. Yeah. Wow. In in 1977, they were still beheading What had he done to deserve that? He, He was a murderer. Oh, okay. he'd, mur- he'd murdered a, a young woman and uh, they they cut his head off for it, which, you know. And what, what in 1977, after that one, did they say, this has got to stop? <laughs> that, 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 they, that they weren't doing it at the start of 1977 <laughs> yes. and, and, and in the 200 years before then? Was there a motivation? Was he I, just crazy? Or I think, I think it was, you know, it was a bit like... Um, something that was going on in the UK at the time with the, with the Yorkshire Ripper. It was it was like that kind of um, young woman murder. Um, so a lot so of an, evil, an evil, an evil yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, he wasn't he wasn't a nice guy. I mean, you're not, you're not really supposed to feel sorry for him, I don't think. But no, no, no I'm, just looking just, for, I'm not looking for an out for the fact. No, no, it's well, just the fact that I couldn't believe we was the people were still being beheaded in right. a Western country in 1977. It's, you know, it's in my lifetime. It's, it just seems like an well, odd thing. I used to have a French friend, Stu would know. And she, she explained the French <laughs> legal system to me. Basically said that in France, they have this uh, like sub clause in, in murder cases. If, uh, if, if, if you kill a lover because the lover's betrayed you, then it could be deemed a crime of passion. And you, yes. you, end, up, you end up getting a reduced sentence on yeah, that well, basis. Up until 1968 in France, you, you look could. Look at the research this guy's done. No, no th- this is this is the usefulness of going to university. In 1960, up until 1968, you could, if you were a man in France, you could murder your wife, clean passionnelle, if you found your your wife with another man. Um, you could murder them, and you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily be put in prison for it. Oh my God. So. Wow. This is another. This is another ten series on Netflix, on Netflix isn't it? <laughs> right. So in '77 we had Elvis gone, Mark Boland gone, Bing Crosby gone, Charlie Chaplin gone, 
but the biggest of them all. Fred Flintstone, gone. Well, uh, Alan, in what Alan, way? Well, Alan Reed, who did the voice, gone. All oh, right. Right? That rest easy. I actually Fred, thought somehow Fred Flintstone had died there. That's... He hadn't been killed off. Don't worry. But Alan Reed did the voice, the actor, and he's like Fred's iconic yabba dabba do catchphrase uh, came was used. Um, Alan Reed used the line during a recording session because his mother used to say a little dabba, a little dabble do you, a little dabble do you. Uh, when he was talking about his sweets and his, um, you know, the dips kind of thing. Uh, and that inspired <laughs> Alan. About single bowl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that inspired that inspired him to say. Yeah, but that There you go. And he said, "Can I say it to the producer?" And they said, "Well, yeah, go on. They give it a go, and it worked. And they kept with it and ran with it. So there you go. Fred Flintstone, go. And he was about a hundred thousand years old <laughs> when he died. To be to be fair to Fred Flintstone, that who would have not gone to that drive-through and ordered a steak? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, forget your flipping bacon with peanut butter on it. Fred Flintstone know how to put an order in. I'll tell you what as well. Fred, not just Fred, but Barney as well. They were both punching above their weight in turn with their yeah. wives, weren't they? Yeah. What? I always fancy Betty way more than Wilma, by the way. Oh, no, I think <laughs> Wilma was a safe pair of hands. <laughs> <laughs> I think Betty was edgy. Even that sounds weird. <laughs> she was edgier. Yeah, exactly. Like Betty was. Betty was like. Uh, I don't know. She was like a Hollywood superstar, whereas Wilma wouldn't let you down. Yeah. Wilma would always turn up. <laughs> you anyway, you're talking to the person who would rate the Cadbury's uh, flipping caramel buddy. What? <laughs> Above either of those two. <laughs> Until you found out who did her voice. I think yeah. you'd have to be on who your toes. Who did do her voice? You'd have to be on your toes. No, Miriam Margolis. No, the straightest Jews. I'll tell you what, suddenly it all stops. <laughs> it wasn't caramel, was it? Was it caramel? Cabris caramel? Yeah, Cabris caramel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Miriam Margolis. Miriam, Mar- Mar- Miriam did it. Come on, Stu. Get no, your really mate, Miriam. Get her on. She really did. <laughs> Get her on to do the voice. Am I really mates with her? Are you confusing her with somebody else? For some reason, I thought you were her personal photographer. <laughs> <laughs> and having seen pictures I of her. <laughs> Those out of focus, <laughs> badly cropped photographs, I just assumed that you, yeah. Well, there you go. I didn't know that. I didn't know that she'd done the voice. Yeah, that's killed it. Cool. I don't know that actually though. She looks like a fun night out, Miriam. Oh, she'd be hilarious. Oh, yeah, you'd have a great time. She'd be hilarious. Um, yeah, you would without a doubt. It's like I was, I was trying to draw Sarah into the conversation about who would you like to go out for a drink with from Dragon's Den, and I, I would always say Deborah Meadham all day long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. She'd be hilarious. Yeah. Not the, uh, what's his name? Peter King. Peter Jones. Peter Jones. Everything would be about the margin, wouldn't it? 
<laughs> but like with Deborah, it'd be get another round in. Come on, let's get some shots. Flaming yeah. <laughs> sambucas all round. Yeah, let's uh, get Peter would be. Peter would be. Yeah, I'll have another. Uh, I'll have another pale ale, but uh, I just want to talk about this app that I'm working on. No, oh, Deborah's getting the shots in. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to drink the shots out of our Silver Jubilee mugs. <laughs> the Turkish textile tycoon. He would be number five on the list, though, actually. So tell Peter Jones that when you see him. I will do. To call off, to call off, yeah, tell him to call off the solicitors. He wasn't the. He wasn't fifth. Well, 1977 <laughs> was the Queen's Silver Jubilee. Do, do, do you know anybody? Everyone says, "Oh, street parties." There were street parties. Did you go to a street party? I know you were you were three, but did you go to a street party, Mark? I didn't. I can't remember. I don't know anybody who had a, went to a street party. No, but literally everyone I knew had a plate, a silver jubilee plate. Well, I, I, I've got a little story that in that we got we got lined up in the playground at junior school in 1977. So where's I would, this going? Yeah, I'd have been. <laughs> now then, now then. First year at junior school. First year at junior school. Best on visits. <laughs> Queen's so, Jubilee. We got lined up in the playground. He said, changing it back quickly. In the playground. And I had to sit in the playground on a hot day. Would have been the end of my first year at junior school. So I would have been, what? Eight? Eight? Nine? Yeah, the eight? Eight. Uh, eight. Yeah. Uh, and we got handed. And I was in a really, for some reason, in a really bad mood. And it was hot. And I wanted a drink and I didn't want to be there. And we got handed these mugs and the, te- the head teacher came out and did this little speech about how we should treasure these mugs because there'll be something we look back on when we're older and we'll remember where we got them. And I actually remember saying, I don't want this stupid mug. I don't even like the Queen. And I threw the mug across the playground and the handle came off. <laughs> there was thinking a- what it will have made on eBay. There was an, an, audible, an audible gasp. <clears throat> And I got I got led away and and uh, and and as was as was uh, Derry Gurr back then, I got beaten up <laughs> by the head teacher by getting the uh, the cane across the hand. Whoa! Uh, but yeah, so, so that was, to be honest, you just described the early version of Facebook. <laughs> You've made a statement about the royal family. Yeah. Half of you, half of your followers have applauded your stance by throwing throwing a mug across the playground the other half gone for you yeah i've had it that's it right across the right across the palm of the hand there you go and do you know what also happened by the way sorry i just remember to tell you your favorite our favorite subject the reoccurring theme in january 1977 the internet was invented yeah no, <laughs> <laughs> no it, wasn't. it wasn't it wasn't but the world's first all-in-one home computer keyboard slash screen slash tape storage the commodore pet is demo- was demonstrated uh, at uh, a, a consumer show in chicago what did pet stand for i knew you'd say that as i read it out I thought personal electronic electronic everything was electronic that back then i'm going for it now hang on hang on hang on, hang on. commodore pet the irony of this moment is being lost on no one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I just putting even... it into Google what the first computer was called. 
Uh, it doesn't say, mate. I can't even be bothered. <laughs> We've got flipping Gary here. He's reciting French laws from 1968. Statutes in another language. We've got... Talk amongst some... yourselves. I'm looking. We are. We are. Well, it, we are. It was... Right, I've got it. 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 I'll be honest with you. It really wasn't worth it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> personal electronic transactor. Uh, Hang on, the guy who invented it, who finally made it, finished it off, was called Chuck Peddle. Chuck Peddle. Yeah. I I remember that name. Chuck Peddle. Yeah. Hey, it's your cousin, Marvin. Marvin (laughs) Peddle. (laughs) (laughs) That's just. Hi, I'm Chuck. Chuck Peddle. What are you You peddling now, Chuck? A new computer. You know that electronic transactor you were trying to invent? <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> the, yeah. The other electronic story of the year, of course, was the, the Atari 2600 first um, appeared. So really gave computer games to the masses. Um, yeah. So... If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be playing FIFA whenever we meet up eventually after a year at some point in the future. Oh, do you know what? Just for anyone who's listening today, the recording day is the first, uh, is April the 12th, so the pubs are back open um, for the first time in six months, is it? Over six months, in terms of people going to go in the garden. And one of my, either booking today to go and do shops and businesses reopening and, and uh, on the first day back uh, and uh, one of the ones I went to was a pub garden at about half past one man I've been working all morning and I went to this pub garden and everyone was sat in there having wine and beer and it was rammed and I thought man this looks really good <laughs> I wish I was there I wish I was there with these two just unbelievable never has a beer garden looked so good I know, but never has never has anyone posting it on social media looks so annoying. <laughs> oh God, I know. Some of this, like, let's particularly, make all this about me. Particularly <sighs> the ones the ones that were there at Bang on Midday. Like, oh, the alcoholics. Yeah, yeah. So well, this is a funny thing. It's a bit like Christmas drinking. I think people who've been posting on the first day are not your regulars, and not the regular drinkers now, let me throw that out there to the masses mm-hmm. they're like they're like the christmas drinkers they go out and they ruin it for everyone filling up all the pubs and then throwing up after four pints mate, mate, like, can, can i just say claire said exactly the same thing yesterday she went i'm not in a rush to go to the pub i'm going to let all these bloody showboaters go yes first. yes claire yeah she did that's exactly what she said yesterday so we're not going to the pub till friday we, we're going to sit yeah. outside on friday and have a drink you're going to wait Stu. You're gonna yeah. wait. Hold, you know your nerve, yeah. Hold your nerve. Don't be one of those. She said. She said all those those people that go first two days. She went the showboating, and as Alan Partridge would say, "You people." <laughs> By the way, if anyone listening uh, to this podcast did go to the pub today, well, well done. Hope you enjoyed your drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please, to, keep to Please keep friends. listening. <laughs> to all our binge drinking Christmas friends, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed a great time. I do, I do like the, like, uh, some a couple of the uh, posts that I saw were people who'd obviously had three or four pints quite early on, and they would like smugly had one or two lined up, 
and a couple of wet empty glasses there's always somebody who says i hope you're not driving home <laughs> <laughs> oh i hadn't thought of that <laughs> that law's yeah, still sorry. not there is it yeah. after all this time i thought yeah. we'd forgotten I've only about had that. six months to think about that i can't wait to be in the beer garden with you two really all can't. right let's not let's not turn it into mills and boone i've got a bit i've got a bit misty eyed yeah. Come on, who else died? No end of people died. Racho Marx. Gone! Wow, that's a big one. It's up there with 2016 and 2004, this, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, it, I told you it was a grim year. Hmm? Never mind the 800 piled up in central London. You know. Them aside. <laughs> Give us some Groucho Marx one-liners then. Oh, Gary. You I, Oh, Do you know man. what? I don't like Gary can recite laws from 1968 in France in French. <laughs> you Maybe. you come out with Gaucho Marx has died, and then everyone sits back thinking, "Oh, this is going to be like a machine gun. Steve's got them all lined up. <laughs> He's going to come at us now." Well, we, yeah, but the thing is, I did look at this right, and I did, I was going to put cut and paste some. Uh, but then I don't think they translate very well. So, all right, okay, I'm going to read a few out and let's see if you laugh. Because everyone says, oh, Groucho Marx, genius, blah, blah, blah. And he was. But when you read his jokes out, it's like, okay, alimony is like buying hay for a dead horse. There you go. Um, a child of five would understand this. Send someone to fetch a child of five. That's all right. That's not that's bad, actually. Right. That's not bad, actually. I'll give you that. Yeah, that's not bad, that. The thing is, you're not walking around the room crouched over with a cigar, <laughs> boot polish moustache. Before I speak, I have something important to say. <laughs> that's a good line. That's a good, actually. Like that. Oh, he's rowing back now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Go and never darken my towels again. <laughs> that's a good one, actually. So basically, I was talking shit earlier. It's really quite good. Um, Humour is reason gone mad. Uh, I didn't like the play, but then I saw it under adverse conditions. The curtain was up. <laughs> I mean, these are all from films, presumably, are they? I'm well, assuming that's... these are all from Duck yeah. Soup and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. So, yeah. I'll tell you what, just to change it from, from a gone, the biggest born Ooh, of the year. born list, you say? Yeah. The biggest oh, born. this at Christmas. We've missed Jesus. I have yeah. got a born on here as well. Go on, what you got? My favourite born of the year is Morph. Oh, Ooh. I think we're gonna say Danny Dyer. <laughs> <laughs> is Danny Dyer a seventy-seven? He is a seventy-seven. Yeah. Shut after... it, Tony Hart, you slag. Um, no, Morph, this is a... Morph is a bit tasty. He's tearing <laughs> it up at the football. I'll level with you. I'm breaking it. You seen his mate, Chaz? Whoa. Whoa, Can Um, I be your friend? um, (laughs) No. See, that for me, you know, more proto Wallace. Yeah, yeah. He is the the first character from Ardman Studios. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, first appeared in 1977 on Take Heart. Well, I knew that bit. Come yeah. on, you can't, you can't, that's not like your 1968 French bylaws. No, no. But, what was Morph's uh, mate called who they brought in later on? It's mate, it's Chaz. Chaz, wasn't it? It was Chaz, I was going to say Chaz, that was it. 
Cheers. Cheers. So, um, but to, in terms of a gone list, Tony Hart is one of those people who, for some reason, every every couple of years, uh, after he died, he kept, it kept coming back onto to Twitter and the 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 story from the Guardian when he died would be retweeted and it and people would be going oh Tony Hart R.I.P. I grew up with him and all yeah. the rest of it yeah and, it, and he died in I forget what year it was now like 2010 or whatever and every couple of years he would it would it would happen yeah. again for some well, reason it's, it's it's not going to turn up in the Daily Mail though is it like year <laughs> after year it's like neckerchief shame of oh <laughs> But take heart, uh, Tony Hart was a, he he left a program to to go solo, didn't he? Uh, he he left was it Vision On? Vision On was it that, that one? Yeah, that, yeah. that was the the program for um for for children who were hard of hearing or yeah. had a he- hearing um, impairment. That that was actually I remember watching that as a kid, thinking it was a brilliant program as well. Didn't we have to watch that? Wasn't it a school thing? You had to watch. No, no, it was on in the it was on the tea time slot one. Self selecting. That's what I thought. Yeah, I, re- I remember it being being on in the in the the afternoon after I got home from school. Did you ever send a picture in to take heart for the gallery? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I and didn't. Did it get used, Mark? No, neither did mine. And I, I didn't, to be honest, if I did Gary it now, still would get used. Gary, you <laughs> like, saved the stamp. Yeah. I never did it because, and I tell you why, because I never used to like the idea, because they always used to say that they couldn't ever return your work. So <laughs> I you thought, thought I'm, I'm not giving them it. the Mona Lisa. <laughs> I'm not sending it to them. They're not going to send it back. Forget that. So yeah. Yes, there's a self-portrait that Gary did in 1977 that still hangs in his lobby today it's called portrait of a boy with non-yielding hair <laughs> it's a lost masterpiece <laughs> tell what happened in 1977 as well snooker loopy went uh, went off to the embassy so the world championships moved to sheffield to the embassy uh sorry not the, embassy, crucible. the crucible the crucible yeah. moved to the crucible yeah moved to the crucible know. where it has been ever since mm. So is, it, is that the equivalent of it hitting the big time? Like it because it yeah wasn't much of a big deal, sense. and then Hurricane Higgins and all that crowd came in yeah. and in a thrilling final, John Spencer beat Cliff Thorburn. That must have been a thriller. Twenty five, twenty one. It took seven weeks to finish. No, Twenty five, twenty one. Longer than a test match. The it John is. Spencer blue. Ball explosion. You know, like nicknames are meant to be like sort of either funny or or, or a little compliment or just try and jazz somebody up a little bit. You know, yeah. John Spencer's nickname was Sniffer. You know why? Because he used to sniff. Sniff. Yeah. That was it. Mm-hmm. Hurricane Higgins could have had that nickname <laughs> for an entire different reason. <laughs> Mark Arthritis Charlton. <laughs> creaky. Creaky's at the table. Creaky. <laughs> it's creaky. Talking of creaky, Pele played his final professional football game ever when he played for New York Cosmos in 1977. What didn't he, in 1977, so didn't he play in the 1958 World, World Cup? Cup? Yeah, yeah. yeah. As well, I was, was going to say that's a goal, isn't it? Pele's erection, 
Gold! He was well into his 40s when he played for the Cosmos. Well, he managed to keep it up for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, yes. so How did he do that? Went yes. to pieces <laughs> in the box. Um, <laughs> Joan Crawford, gold, she went. That's killed it, hasn't it? Yeah. Oh, wait, I've lost him. William Wand. Um, who I thought, <laughs> I thought was a, just I've an interesting name. Too. I've seen that yeah. film too. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Wand. Magic. Billy Wand. And uh, he was Bishop of London. But uh, obviously, you know, people don't normally keep lists of bishops of London on their, on their walls anymore. <laughs> so. You can't beat a bishop like one. <laughs> <laughs> That's killed it, hasn't it? Yeah. 